0: Good morning, Mike Broomhead.
1: Good morning, Jamie. Good morning, everyone. Um, we've got a lot of ground to cover today. We at 9.05, an interview with the president of Plee, which is the Phoenix Law Enforcement Association. The president of PLEA, Daryl Krippling, will join me. And a conversation about a police officer that was attacked um, at going, responding to a request for domestic violence assistance. And um, we're going to get into the details of why this one is so important. Um, a, a little bit of underreported, and, and not a fault of the media, but just... A, you need to hear more details about this, about the dangers of policing and really what this this officer sustained. And so we're going to do that at 9.05. I hope you can be here for it. Um, I want to start off talking about the economy because the latest bank failure is going to cost the American taxpayer $13 billion. And uh, that, is the, that is what the cost – the FDIC initially estimated the cost of this at around $13 and it may be more than that by the time it's all said and done. And so what does this mean for the American economy? This is an ABC News report about how how the bank failures may affect interest rates.
2: Analysts are taking a closer look at what the Federal Reserve plans to do at its upcoming meeting this week. It comes after San Francisco-based First Republic Bank becomes the third mid-sized bank to fail in two months, now acquired by JPMorgan Chase. Analysts say while the Fed is mindful of the bank failure, they haven't seen any systemic issues, leading investors to believe the Fed will raise interest rates once again. But some expect this to be the last hike for now, so policymakers can see if what they've done this past year is enough as inflation is slowing.
1: So the FDIC, the insurance uh, organization, is paid into by banks, so that's where a lot of this cost is going to be covered. But as we move forward with the economy, more people are talking about job losses. Uh, The Dow is down over 500 points right now. We'll see what ends up happening by the end of the week. And then as we go on and see if we are going to see a slowing down, a downturn in our economy. An interesting conversation. Um, uh, Bernie Sanders was on HBO, I believe, and he was talking with uh, Chris Wallace. And the conversation about billionaires. I want you to hear Bernie Sanders. Elon Musk.
0: It's the billionaire class that has enormous power. Let's just take a look at what's going on. Today, the people on top are doing phenomenally well, and we have more income and wealth inequality than we've ever had in the history of this country. you got three people who own more wealth than the bottom half of American society. That is bad from a moral perspective, and it is bad from an economic perspective. But, but-
1: so Bernie Sanders is the moral police. He believes when he was talking with HBO, he believes that billionaires should be taxed at 100 um, percent. I wonder how many people out there believe that to be true. Now, in order for you to be in favor of that, you have to believe as an American, you have to believe that the government is better than. Than the private sector. You have to trust the government more than you trust the private sector. You have to believe that they are more virtuous than the federal government, that they could confiscate the wealth 100% over a billion. So we're going to cap the amount of money that one person can make. so he uh, he says, uh, he, this is Chris Wallace um, talking back about the billionaires. We shouldn't have billionaires.
0: In your book, you say flatly, billionaires should not exist. That's right. And one of the targets that you go after is the Walton family. Yeah. Sam Walton had $25 billion net worth when he died. And obviously you'd be upset about that. On the other hand, Sam Walton built... Walmart. Let me finish. Sir. Built Walmart, which is the biggest single private employer in the United States. It employs one and a half billion Americans. Are you saying the country would be better off without no. people like Sam Walton and saying- businesses like Walmart?
1: And so Bernie Sanders believes that the government should be able to dictate how much wealth you can have. It is one of the most un-American things I've ever heard of. And playing upon the idea, and this is where Bernie Sanders talks about how they don't help their employees. Let's
0: talk about Walton, all right? Yes, they employ a whole lot of people. But let's also understand that they pay, in many cases, starvation wages to their workers, despite being the wealthiest family in America. Many of their workers are on Medicaid or food stamps. In other words, taxpayers are subsidizing the wealthiest family in the country. Do I think that's right? No, I don't.
1: Okay, so Bernie Sanders takes you down a road that some people nod their heads about. Bernie Sanders is a multimillionaire, and he became a multimillionaire after writing a book. People like the idea that Bernie Sanders is being honest about how he feels. So this is where it gets interesting. What tax policy
0: should America use? I think we should go back to the tax policies the radical tax policies that exist under that communist president dwight d eisenhower what do you think about that that if you make a whole lot of money you're going to pay a whole lot of tax
1: and i don't I will tell you that I think Bernie Sanders and anybody else elected to office works for us. We don't work for them. The idea that the working people in America, whoever those business owners are, I don't care if you have a few thousand dollars, if you have a few million dollars, you have a few billion dollars. If you have a great idea, if you are very talented at something, you deserve whatever you can get for that. That's capitalism. And that's the way it works. And every single one of us are capitalists. Every one of us. You're going to pay as little as you need to for something and you are going to sell something for as much as you can. We all do it. And if you justify you doing it because you don't make that much money overall, you're no different than anyone else. If you were a billionaire, you would have accountants and lawyers hide, not hide your money, but protect your money to pay as little as possible in taxes. I would also venture to say that Bernie Sanders does the same thing. I don't think that Bernie Sanders uses the 1040-EZ form and pays his taxes just based on whatever the bottom line says he collected an in income. And that this is what's so interesting about this. Should billionaires be capped off at a certain amount of money?
0: Are you basically saying that once you get to $999 million, yeah. that the government should confiscate all the rest? I'm saying that we should go back to a very progressive tax fallacy like what we had under Dwight D. Eisenhower. Which would mean that... that uh, after, over a yeah. billion dollars, basically yeah. it all goes to the government. Fine, you may disagree with me, but I'm I just say, asking. No, fine. Yeah, I think people can make it on 900, you know, 99 million dollars. I think that they can survive just just fine. Isn't that fascinating? That he says, "I think, I
1: think, I think." people can survive just fine. Well, I also think that people can survive just fine on a million dollars. Who gets to decide that? I think if I was making a million dollars per year, I would have a fantastic life. And there are some people listening to this show that said if they made a half a million dollars a year, if they made a $100,000 a year, they'd be just fine. Who gets to dictate that? Bernie Sanders. Isn't it interesting that a socialist can survive and even thrive as Bernie Sanders does? A socialist can thrive in a capitalist society. Capitalists cannot survive in a socialist society. It is always about what I think. I don't have a problem with how much money you make. I think that once you reach this certain dollar amount, you've made too much money and the government should take it. I think, Well, since when does America survive on what you think? Live and let live. There are people, I know people that are very happy making a modest income But having a great life outside of work, I worked with a couple of brothers and this is neither one were rich. I worked with a couple of brothers. One of them was kind of our shop foreman. This guy ran everything in the field for this company I worked for and it was a pretty big company and he was a phenomenal electrician and he was the boss. His brother was a journeyman electrician that worked on job sites, and everybody wanted that guy on, his jo- on their job site because he was a great worker, had every capability of being a boss if he wanted to be, run work, be a project manager, whatever it was. He didn't want it. He was happy to make a modest wage. He said at the end of the day – I put my tools in my car, and I don't think about this place until the next day. I leave on Friday. I don't think about it until Monday morning. And it wasn't worth the headache to him. They both had happy lives. One of them rose to the top level of our company. The other one was happy being a worker on the crew. And that both of them flourished in the lives that they made for themselves. And in America, we allow for people and the biggest and the best and the brightest become super wealthy. I always and I believe this to be true. I did then, and I believe it more so now that if you have an incredible talent of some kind, wealth always follows success. How many people that we've seen in the NFL that get there and they've got a ton of talent? But they don't make it in the NFL. They get an initial contract, so they've got some money for the rest of their life. But they're not super wealthy. And then you get a guy like a Tom Brady who was drafted later in the draft, wasn't expected to be much, ends up being called the GOAT and the greatest of all time. It has a lot to do with talent and work ethic. When you have that kind of talent, there is a reason why – Larry Fitzgerald is a very wealthy person. It's because he will go down in history as one of the top one or two receivers in the NFL, certainly top three, and and this is taking into account just about everybody out there. The guy was a phenomenal football player. He's a great human being. Nobody begrudges anybody like Larry Fitzgerald anything because he's such a good human being, but it doesn't matter what type of person they are. If you can sing, if you can dance, if you can act, if you're a great electrician, if you're the best electrician and you've got a business mind in this state you can write your own check if you're someone that can run a bulldozer and you have a land clearing company you have a company that builds roads you're going to become immensely wealthy why because you are very good at it wealth follows success bernie sanders believes he he and people like him have the right to tell you how much wealth is too much It's absurd, absolutely absurd. And speaking of absurdity, we're going to talk about the border in a moment. Corinne Jean Pierre claims that illegal immigration in this country is down by 90%. Yep, she said it. You're going to hear it in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 923 FM, and the KTAR News app.
2: Have you ever felt
1: night hey, thanks so much appreciate you spending some time with the show a um, couple of updates one that just came in about 20 minutes ago I just printed it out uh, the biden administration is going to deploy 1500 troops to the southern border most of them will be, they will not be in a law enforcement role this is a lot like the the Trump administration where they are sending troops to be down there in in more of a an administrative role they will drive do paperwork so that law enforcement on the border can do their jobs let's start there but I want You'd hear Corrine Jean Pierre, this was the press secretary, the White House press secretary. Remember the screams that we heard any time the previous administration had a White House press secretary and they didn't like what she said, they screamed and yelled at what a liar she was. Here's Corrine Jean Pierre.
2: He has tools that he's used to, to make sure that we do this. We actually deal with the immigration system in a humane way, uh, and in a, in a way that is, uh, uh that actually deals with what we're seeing at the border. And that's why you've seen the parolee program be so successful. Uh, it has, it has, um, it has, uh, uh, when it comes to illegal migration, you've seen it come down, uh, by more than 90%. And that's because of this act, the actions that this president has taken.
1: Um, You heard that correctly. She said that illegal immigration is down 90%. Here are some statistics. Uh, U.S. Border Patrol agents, and this is uh, this is from Chief Raul Ortiz, shared images of the latest bust on the Twitter page. And on Friday, he said, week in review. This was the week in review from Border Patrol. One agent assaulted 51,560 apprehensions, 16,985 approximate gotaways, or 17,000 people that got away last week. $31,000 seized, 614 pounds of cocaine, 540 pounds of marijuana, 246 pounds of meth, and 54 pounds of fentanyl, 19 pounds of heroin, 10 firearms, 17 sex offenders, five gang members. Impressive work. Um, That is the condition of the southern border. Here is the biggest problem I have with all of this, and I mean this as sincerely as anything I've ever said, that we... Should have an immigration system that Americans love. And right now what we have, Americans, less and less Americans want immigration. They want to see less immigration into this country. And I find that to be horrible. Well, the reason is they feel as if the, the border is being overrun and people are not respecting our laws. And so for when you are an American and you see what's happening at the border, you feel for the law enforcement agents that work on the border, and what's happening down there doesn't seem to be getting any better. It's only getting worse. People are going to respond. When you have people coming from other countries and they're coming across our border, the cartels are bringing them. When we have all of these drugs and guns and, and, and illegal activity happening, people are going to respond in a negative way, and that's exactly what they are doing. There is a negative response to all of this. And I hate seeing it. And what the problem is for me with all of this is when you see these things continue to happen over and over and over again, people get upset. And when people get upset, they want results. And when you get lied to, when you hear Karine Jean Pierre saying, "You know, we we, immigration's down, illegal immigration's down ninety percent," where's the outrage from everyone in the media with that kind of lie being told? Here's the odd part about this: is that people will actually try to defend this. You will you will see news stories that come out and say, well, if you do the math on this and you figure out where it was when it was at its worst and this number and you carry the three, you can get to this 90 percent mark. And the fact of the matter is, it's just not the truth. That when we look at what's happening at our southern border, I've talked about the border issue for a long time. I, um, if you ever want to hear someone that I think is brilliant on the topic, it is Juan Ciscomani, the uh, congressman from southern Arizona. Um, he is the first Mexican-born member of the House of Representatives from Arizona. Um, His family, he is an immigrant family, and he is someone that is a staunch protector of the southern border. This is not about stopping people from coming to this country. It never has been about that, and it never will be. And anyone who says that it is is deflecting from the truth. Those statistics I just read to you do not lie. 17,000 gotaways – 17,000 people last week who we have no idea what their intentions are crossed our border. They didn't apply for asylum. They crossed the border and have disappeared into America. Is that acceptable to anyone here? I'm sure there are some people that would love to have open borders, but to most Americans, it's something that is horrible. It is going to get worse with the heat that's coming. We are going to see people die in the desert. This is something that when I when I look at this every day, when I look at this, it is sad because I am someone who is an advocate for legal immigration. I've said this so many times. I'd love to see a much broader guest worker program to allow working people from poor countries that want to come here and work to better their families instead of government handouts and giving money to other governments. Why not allow people to come here and earn money, help our economy, rebuild the economy that we have, what's going? on here in America right now, or at least in Arizona, with our needs in construction and other industries. Allow those working class people to come and go across our border as necessary. It would stop a lot of this illegal crossing that's going on right now. It would stop some of the illegitimate asylum claims. It would stop all of this. And it would allow these people to send money home legally and it would help prop up their economies in the countries that they come from. There's a lot of solutions in just that one area of a guest worker program. By having a better immigration system, that allows good people to come here and obtain a green card and work toward a pathway to citizenship. There's a lot of things that can be done. We just aren't doing them. And to have the uh, White House press secretary tell us that we have 90 percent – we've got a reduction of 90 percent in illegal immigration is just a a horrible thing to say. Coming up in a moment, it's a big Q poll question of the day. We're going to get to it momentarily.
2: The GATOS Big Q poll question brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. All
1: right, back in for GATOS is Zinsmeister with the poll question. What's going on, Steve?
2: Hey, Mike, you heard my buddy Jeff talking about it in the break. The Suns lost game two last night and they lost Chris Paul. Still remains to be seen what that injury does to this series. So, the Gator's Big Q poll question brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Is this series over already? Down 2-0. They're coming back from Denver. Not a single win in hand. Uh, I guess now the good news is you get two games in Phoenix. They get a couple of days off, too, which is also good. So, they're not going to play until Friday. But, man, I'm telling you, it already kind of feels like dark times for the Suns.
1: Yeah, but hasn't this series been split with each team winning the home games throughout the series this season?
2: With the Nuggets specifically, yes. I, I don't know that off. I don't know yeah, that off. I heard and, that I heard uh,
1: someone talking about that. The home team has won every game this season between the two.
2: Well, I hate to break it to you, Mike, but if they go and do that the rest of the series, they lose. Right. The <laughs> so. Suns have got to win a game in Denver,
1: but they have a chance of evening the series if they can pull off these next two wins. I think a win, win on Wednesday, and I think it's going to do a lot for their morale. They had a chance. They should have won that game. They should have blown. Denver was not playing well. They had a chance to get go way up on them. They weren't hitting the basketball very well, but um, I haven't given up on them yet. But uh, I, I know people are nervous.
2: Yeah, it's not worth giving up. Believe me, you still got to have faith in these guys. And, and you have two really awesome players the way the Suns do. Uh, it certainly counts for something. But man, that guy over there, Jokic on Denver, he's incredible, man. This guy can do pretty much everything. And he's seven feet eight. Yeah, or whatever it, he is. it's crazy.
1: I think we need a better performance out of Ayton, which we've talked about before. I, I'd like to see him play with a little bit more like a number one pick,
2: you know? Yeah. You going to try to go to a
1: game this weekend? <sighs> I might. I want to try to get to one playoff game, so I might try to go this week.
2: Might be your last chance.
1: I know. Just saying. I know. Thanks, Steve. I appreciate it. All right, man. All right. That's my stream for Gatos, The Big Cube poll question today. is brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Um, what we are going to do after, just after 9 o'clock... Darrell Kripp, Kripp, Krippling is going to join me. He is the head of the Phoenix Law Enforcement Association. There was a horrendous attack on a Phoenix police officer, and there are some details that really haven't uh, been out there. And this is more about um, people understanding the dangers of police work. So we're going to get to that in a moment.